LA is vast, vibrant, simultaneously stunning as well as challenging and confusing. At Together LA, this city is our passion. We know that loving LA well starts with listening. Pounding the pavement in search of the individuals invested in the flourishing of Los Angeles. These are the inspiring stories and real-life interviews with the men and women who work to bring the gospel to LA in their unique ways. Thanks for joining us as we bring you closer to the heart of LA, one story, one voice, and one neighborhood at a time. This is the Together LA Listening Tour. Hello everyone, tuning in to the Together LA Listening Tour. My name is Eunice Ko, the Communications Director at Together LA, and I'm here today with Stephen Yu on the podcast. Stephen is currently the Staff Analyst at Housing for Health, which is a division of the Los Angeles County Department of Health Services, and is also the Founder and Executive Director of Mentor for Change, an organization that provides youth with mentorship opportunities to lead community projects and career training workshops. All in a day's work. Steven, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, before we launch into all the amazing work that you're a part of, um, could you first tell us a little bit about where you grew up and also your journey from you know, majoring in international relations to taking on pastoral roles to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm I'm originally from LA, born and raised. Uh, I grew up mainly around like Hacienda Heights, Diamond Bar, Walnut, uh, Monterey Park. Uh, I've lived all over LA County, and um, I went I went to multiple uh, high schools. And uh, uh, the reason for that, I, I I just made some poor choices uh, during my youth, and. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought I would go to college, uh, but I ended up uh, going to a, a junior college out in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, while I was there, I uh, found a passion for music, uh, for singing. And, and so I majored in classical voice. And, you know, having found something that I was really passionate about um, for the first time in my academic uh, history, I, I did well. And uh, because of that, I was able to transfer back to LA to uh, USC. Um, so I came back to LA, went to USC, uh, majored in uh, international relations. I graduated, I believe 2003 or 2004. Um, and man, that was like 17 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. lot of sometimes past. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, so after graduating uh, uh, from uh, SC, I went to, um, I went to, or uh, I worked at Hanmi Bank, uh, a bank in Koreatown. I, I was a SBA loan officer. And during mm -hmm. that time, um, you know, I, I was reconnecting with the church that I grew up in. And um, one thing led to another. And I felt the Lord calling me to go overseas. Uh, so I um, I resigned from my position and I went to Uganda and I worked uh, with a faith-based organization uh, and a microfinance institution. So I was, you know, able to apply my uh, experience of working at the bank right. uh, to uh, uh, the MFI uh, that I was partnering with. Uh, so I I was there for uh, eight months, and uh, you know, upon coming back. You know, I was 
debating whether I should pursue, um, uh, go back to uh, to commercial lending or, you know, continue in this path towards ministry. And I, you know, I, I just loved what the Lord was doing in my heart. And so I pursued um, a ministry. And so from that point, I went to Fuller uh, and I started uh, pastoring uh, with a parachurch uh, uh, out of Lincoln Heights, uh, reaching out to the youth uh, and families in Lincoln Heights. And so I was there for about six years. And it was during that time that we uh, launched Connect Lincoln Heights, which is now Mentor for Change. But it's Got it's it. a nonprofit um, uh, community-based uh, um, organization that we do uh, to provide more holistic uh, services to to the youth that we service there. And then, you know, after six years in Lincoln Heights, I went to San Diego. I was a community development pastor um, at, at a church in, in a community called City Heights. Um, mm-hmm. And came back to, after a couple of years, came back to L.A., uh, was co-lead pastor at a church uh, in West Covina. And uh, my stint there was pretty short. Uh, but uh, the reason why I stepped down from that particular position or from ministry altogether was because, uh, you know, there was just a, a disconnect between um, my conception, my knowledge of God and what I was uh, experiencing in my heart. Um, mm. There was uh, a knowledge that I had of who he is, uh, but in my heart, uh, you know, that relationship wasn't there. And, and so um, I just felt like, you know, I needed to step down and realign my, my heart um, so that it's, it's, it's back to, it, it went back to, it goes back to, um, you know, the reason why I went into ministry in the first place. And so, mm. you know, when I stepped down, I, I, I wanted to continue in human social services. And so um, uh, by God's grace, I, I, I was able to find a position with uh, the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority. Um, and I was there as uh, 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 their community engagement supervisor, as well as the faith lead. Uh, and so that's where the faith collaborative to end homelessness um, uh, came about uh, through my work of really engaging with faith-based organizations throughout LA County uh, who are providing homeless services uh, to integrate their services into LA County's homeless response system. Um, and now I'm at the Department of Health Services. What yeah. a story. Yeah. yeah. You just one door leading to another and um you know i think it's compelling that you at a certain point in your story you had to take time to calibrate yourself um and from that place it um yeah aligned you to the work that you're doing now yep um and building god's kingdom in like a different way yeah yeah god is God is so gracious that he continues to use a broken human being like me. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm just, you know, yeah, just in, in even telling you my story right now. Um, yeah. I'm just reminded how, how compassionate God is, you know, and you know, what he desires out of more than what we do is, is the intimacy that he desires to have with us and every step of the way, like even going to Uganda, right. And then going to Fuller and the different mm-hmm. ministry posts and stepping down 
it was all, um, you know, what I felt in the heart was the Lord's prompting to, to be in that place of intimacy with him. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, your story or that conclusion is the story of every Christian. Like, wow, how could God be so compassionate to, um, you know, let me steward um, the things he's given also, you know, be a recipient of his compassion. Yeah. Um, Yes, I have. Let's get right into, uh, you know, faith collaborative to end homelessness, which uh, you're a part of. Can you tell us? um, I know you gave us a brief like overview of that, but can you tell us a little bit more about where it's headed, uh, your role within it and what you're most excited for in this initiative? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when I joined uh, the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority, they um, hired me because of my experience in ministry and uh, the population that I served while in ministry. Uh, And they wanted to engage more of the faith-based organizations who were providing homeless services. Uh, And so uh, during my time there, um, you know, I, I not only reached out to FBOs, but also to different county agencies, elected officials, Uh, to see what their work has been in terms of engaging with faith-based organizations. And the more I did that, the more I realized a lot of them are doing uh, similar work to what we were attempting to do. And so, you know, as I began engaging with like the Homeless Initiatives Office, um, at the time it was Supervisor Mark Ridley Thomas's office um, Mm -hmm. and Supervisor uh, Hilda Solis, as well as uh, Mayor Garcetti's office, all of uh, their staff who were engaging with faith-based organizations, uh, particularly around homeless services, uh, we decided like rather than uh, duplicating each other's work, why don't we come together on a regular yeah. basis and share like you know what work that we're doing and how we can support each other? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we started this uh, faith uh, working group uh, about I think it was back in 2019. And, uh, you know, we've continued meeting regularly on a, on a weekly basis. And through our time together, um, uh, we, we, we all felt convicted that, um, that by, you know, because we were a part of this faith working group as volunteers, we needed someone to come in who can dedicate uh, full time into really understanding the landscape of FBO's homeless services. And so um, Supervisor uh, Solis' office, um, in collaboration with our collaborative, um, uh, we developed uh, um, or she drafted a, a board motion uh, which was passed in January to for the county to hire a faith consultant. And the purpose mm-hmm. of that is for them to do a survey of LA County to really get a, a strong understanding of FBO's homeless services and to identify um, uh, ex- existing funding streams that FBOs are not tapping into, as mm-hmm. well as um, uh, how can we uh, uh, create uh, new funding streams and also fold in their services into LA County's homeless response system. And, you know, an example of that is, um, you know, First Church of the Nazarene uh, in, mm-hmm. in Koreatown, right? Yeah. They're uh, a church that, that's been providing homeless services for um, a couple de- decades now. Um, and, you know, they provide free clinics, they provide showers, they provide meals, 
um, and on a week-to-week basis, they engage with uh, uh, over uh, 200 people who are experiencing homelessness, right? And um, but Lhasa and the county, they're not aware of that, right? Mm-hmm. And there's so many faith-based organizations who are providing those type of services, um, and it's an opportunity for us to really bring our work together. Uh, so that we can get more people housed and uh, direct services that uh, that that is needed uh, for people who are experiencing homelessness, and so you know that that is ultimately the goal. It's it's to really integrate the work of faith-based organizations into our continuum of care in LA County, uh, so that there is more of uh, collaboration that's happening. Because with collaboration, there's greater impact. <laughs> yes, yes, it takes a team. Yeah, yeah. So uh, right now, in terms of uh, where we are, so the 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 board motion passed in January, and um, the faith collaborative um, in 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 working with uh, uh, the homeless initiatives office. Um, uh, released uh, a request for information, and um, a lot of uh, faith consultants applied or uh, sent in their RFI. Um, and the Homeless Initiatives Office identified select selected uh, a, a, a faith consultant um, to come on board, and uh, they will be starting actually this month uh, in their work, and they'll be working uh, uh, very closely with our with our collaborative. I took some notes from that RFI document and it kind of gave me chills reading, you know, the government document saying the homeless initiative recognizes the value and contributions the faith community brings to serving vulnerable populations and strongly believes enhancing partnerships with faith-based organizations or FBOs will strengthen the homeless services delivery system. I mean, I think um, it's, I, you know, I think sometimes the church can, you know, we there's like mess ups in the church and that's always so public, publicized, but yeah. um, having that acknowledgement that, you know, churches have been part of the goodness that, yes. um, yeah, and part of a solution is so encouraging to hear. Yeah, there's, uh, Eunice, like uh, another example is there's a pastor um, who uh, is renting out a two bedroom apartment. And at one point he was housing, um, uh, I believe like 18 people experiencing homelessness uh, in his two bedroom apartment. Um, and uh, you know, there's so much of that going on all throughout LA County, these pastors who have small churches, congregations mm-hmm. of like 15 to 20 to 30 to 40 to 50, you know, these aren't mega churches, but it's in their heart to serve the poorest of the poor. Right. right. Uh, and, and so because of that conviction, they, um, they, they use, uh, their financial resources to really house these most vulnerable people, and so what this pastor has been doing, he, he's been you know housing them, uh, feeding mm-hmm. them, spiritually wow. caring for them, right? Um, and there's there's so much of that going on uh, throughout LA County. So how can we really uh, leverage the work that they're doing uh, to yeah. get more people housed uh, through the county? That's the ultimate goal. Do you think that incorporating faith organizations um, and churches will become more widespread or is this more of a pilot or a program? 
So, um, you know, just being a part of this faith collaborative, it really confirmed that, you know, the work of the faith-based organizations uh, in terms of providing, whether it's showers, right, providing mm -hmm. uh, housing, uh, providing uh, meals, uh, food, whatever it is, to a certain capacity, you know, it's, ju it's just going on. Uh, and yeah. so the question was, like, how do we really uh, work with them? uh to uh to have a greater impact in our overall goal of getting people housed through uh la county uh, la county's continuum of care the members of our faith collaborative to end homelessness represents different agencies comes with different resources um, knowledge of uh, homeless services how can we support them in their work right and so yeah. an example of that is uh sgv can um they uh, recently came to they came to our uh, one of our meetings presented a project that they're working on and uh, what they're doing is they're uh, developing a list of FBOs throughout um, uh, the San Gabriel Valley Service Planning Area Three uh, to create a list of exactly what services that they're doing not to provide to people in general but to provide to other faith leaders so that um, they can, like if, 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 if a, a synagogue wants to partner with this church who's providing showers, but then the synagogue is providing meals, like it's an op, like they can reach out to them and say, hey, we wanna bring showers to our synagogue where we're handing out meals. Uh, would you be willing to collaborate? And so what our uh, collaborative, what we're doing with uh, SGV Can is helping them to create uh, that list of uh, services that are happening within SGB. I read that statistically there are um, a record amount of uh, people who are experiencing homelessness. Uh, 66,436 were counted in yeah. the latest 2020 um, homeless count. Mm -hmm. And those numbers are expected to increase uh, due to the effects of the pandemic. So, um, just looking forward to the fruit of that work. Um, yeah. yeah, and um, like the before and after. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I think one thing that I should mention is um, like, so the question is, you know, why don't faith-based organizations then apply for county funds? A lot of the ways in which um, uh, homeless service providers do, right? Uh, they'll uh, apply for grants, uh, funding opportunities. But what we've seen is that a lot of times these faith organizations, they don't have that administrative capacity to be able to do that. So how do we, uh, understanding that, how do we create additional funding streams for them uh, to be able to come in and not only fund the work that they're doing, but to scale the work that they're doing and um, to help them build capacity uh, so that in the future, if they do want to apply for county funds, they would have the op they would have the uh, ability to do that. I was wondering, uh, just reading the vision statement and the testimonies from all the mentees who have gone through uh, the Mentor for Change program, if um, you being the founder, if, you know, things like mentorship or having opportunities to lead projects, like, is, are those objectives from, come from your story? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Mentor for Change, uh, our mission statement is, is really simple. It's to unlock the potential 
of every youth through career-based mentoring. And, um, you know, the reason why we uh, started this organization was because, um, you know, the, the parachurch that I was serving in as pastor in Lincoln Heights, uh, you know, we were uh, reaching all these youth uh, in, in, in the community. Uh, but one thing that we noticed was like they weren't reaching their academic potential, right? They had a lot of academic resources available in the community, but they weren't taking advantage of it. And, you know, as I got to learn more about the students' stories, uh, it just became apparent that they that they weren't pursuing their academics uh, because there were more real life situations at the forefront of their lives, right? Um, yeah. Whatever that may be, right? And so, um, you know, like one of the the projects that we tried starting, like you know, this was out of Youngnak. We opened up the gym on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. You know, had invited the kids to come over, you know, as a place to receive tutoring, GED uh, tutoring, uh, and to just use gym. And out of the 70 to 80 kids that we were meeting with on on Wednesdays, uh, maybe one or two kids were coming out, right, to that Tuesday and Thursday after school gym tutoring program. And so like, you know, I was, I was like thinking, what's going on, right? Why aren't these, why aren't the kids coming and taking advantage? And you know, the more I learned about the community, it was already there. These services were already happening in the community. As we engaged more and more with the community and with the students and their families, um, we, we, we learned that, okay, in order to close this gap uh, between um, their career aspirations and their lives, what do these kids need right now, right? Yeah. And that is a mentor a mentor who is living out their career aspirations. So we went around and asked the kids, like, what do you aspire to be? Don't think about it. Just what's the first thing that comes to mind, right? And they would say, I want to be a cop, right? I want to be a real estate agent. I want to be a scientist. I want to be a doctor, right? I want to be a restaurant, all these different um, uh, careers. And so what we did was like, okay, let's connect these kids with, um, mentors who are living out their career aspiration. And so what we did was uh, we started this program. Originally, it was called Connect Lincoln Heights. And it, essentially what the program is, is we connect youth from Northeast LA with mentors who are living out their career aspirations. And so we've had LAPD officers as mentors. We've had scientists as mentors. We've had computer programmers as mentors, teachers, everything right whatever these kids wanted and so for a year we lead them through a a cohort and we facilitate uh the the mentorship through uh personal development workshops so every month the whole cohort comes together uh, we present uh personal development workshops such as like strength finder um regulating regulating anger and anxiety uh mock interview resume building community assessment uh, at the base transformation that's through uh, Dr. Michael Mata uh, and all these different you know fun exciting activities uh, and so we come together for eight months and then the last four months of the program the students they develop a community service project uh, utilizing everything that they learned in the past eight months uh, and utilizing the profession of their mentor to address mm-hmm. an identified need in their community. And so we've had kids develop like community service projects such as like anti-bullying campaigns at um, this high school kid from Lincoln High School. 
he started a, an after-school anti-bullying program at Gate Street Elementary right across the street. Uh, we've had uh, kids partner with uh, a drop-in shelter in Highland Park uh, mm -hmm. to provide um, uh, welcome home kids. Uh, and, and so, it, you know, these kids, they, they, they take everything that they learned and then they put it to this pro uh, project. And they, uh, you know, at their graduation, they present it to uh, all of our stakeholders. And each of the student who successfully graduates from our program, graduates high school, and shows proof of enrollment in higher education, uh, yeah. we give them $1,000 college scholarship. So that can be either at a vocational school, junior college, university, as long as it's um, pursuing um, their education after high school. That's wonderful. Yeah. So, I Yeah, go ahead. So you, you, you asked like, does it relate to your story? Um, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like when I was in Jacksonville, I, I, was, um, I was completely lost. You know, just, mm -hmm. I, I didn't know what I was gonna do with my life. You know, I, I was a kid who got kicked out of like four high schools. Um, I had just come out of juvie after serving a year. And so like this kid, you know, who doesn't have direction, um, finds this passion in music, right? But I didn't know what to do with music. Um, but God just began surrounding me with um, people who understood music. And I just clung on to them, asked them questions, and they poured into me, right? And that is what really um, helped nurture my passion for voice and, and continuing for those two years while I was at the junior college uh, to continue and pursuing music. And so after that, after I realized the value of having mentors in your life, every single day after that, I'm always looking for opportunities to learn from other people. Um, and so me being where I am right now, it's because of the people that God has placed into my life uh, to be an extension of his grace, to be an extension of his voice, you know, to be mm. a, an extension of his correction at times when it was needed. Uh, and so that is what we want to offer uh, these youth, you know, because w really one, one tiny sentence or one, um, one word or any like that can change a kid's life the trajectory of his life right if if it's spoken by someone who really cares for this individual and so we want to facilitate as many opportunities like that as possible to to um yeah just to uh give these kids an opportunity to reach their academic potential to ultimately reach uh to fulfill their career aspirations can you give us a, a demographic of the kids that are being served through this program? And also, you know, where are these uh, mentees being selected from and how people can be involved or yeah, support? Absolutely. Uh, so um, <clears throat> I would say approximately 60% of the youth that we serve are um, are uh, Latino, Latinx, and then um, the about I would say forty thirty five percent Asian, uh, and then five percent um, uh, African American, Caucasian, yeah. 
um, and uh, the majority of our, our kids, uh, they come from uh, Highland Park, uh, Lincoln Heights, uh, Chinatown, Glassell Park, uh, east, or north, east to Northeast LA. And then 100% um, uh, of the kids who have graduated from our program and went to higher education are first generation college students. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we we have a, a recent graduate who, you know, went through our program. You know, she was really an average student, like a C student. And then um, having met her mentor and then just realizing her own passions, right? Um, she, she decided that, you know what, I want to apply myself uh, to school. And because of that, she's now going to UC Berkeley this August. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. an incredible story yeah so we wow. have so many stories like that um and that's the power of mentorship you know we yeah. wouldn't exist without the mentors uh who who dedicate one year to investing into a child's life or to a youth's life um and so it's really because of them that we've seen the success um or just the outcomes of, of the students that have come through our program. How can people who are interested to either be a mentor or who are interested to support or follow your organization, how can they, how can others be involved? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have a website, uh, mentorforchange.org. Uh, people can learn about our work there. Um, people can also reach out to me via email. Uh, syu at mentorforchange.org uh, and they can just share like if they want to just learn more about the program i can connect with them if they're interested in being a mentor i can send them a, a mentor application um as well as a schedule okay. of, that outlines what the year would look like um and if uh you know if anyone is connected with a church or um uh, like uh, an organization that that wants to mentor uh, youth, I, I could always uh, go down to uh, wherever that may be and do a presentation and you know just share a little bit more in depth about our program and share the opportunity that um, to to mentor youth. And uh, we actually have a fundraiser coming up August twenty eighth uh, in El Sereno, um, and uh, you know we're 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 always looking for donors, uh, people to uh, partner with us um, to to provide the scholarship funds for the kids who graduate from our program. So um, we also have a, a donor page on our website. Um, but if they want more information before they make that kind kind of commitment, again, please reach out to me. I'm I'm available. Uh, yeah, so Stephen, thank you so much for sharing this time with me to talk about your incredible work. Uh, be before we leave, one last question. Um, I'm curious how, if you have any advice for Christians in the workplace um, who want to, you know, have their faith inform their decisions or um, or their entrepreneurial, um, yeah, projects. Yeah. I think the first thing that comes to mind is my professor from Fuller, uh, Dr. Uh, Bobby Clinton. You know, he's always said to me, um, ministry flows from being and uh, not doing. 
Uh, and, you know, that's something that the Lord has been impressing upon my heart more and more uh, these last few years. Uh, and I'm beginning to see the value of that. Um, you can only get so far with giftings. Um, mm. Yeah, giftings will only take you so far. But when ministry is done from a place of being, of really intimately knowing the Lord, um, the work that you do is eternal. And there's nothing that uh, could stand in the way of, of doing kingdom work. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. And, and the next thing is uh, collaborate, not just with other faith-based faith organizations, not just with other Christian organizations, um, but even interfaith, right? Uh, even um, the county, the city, reach out to your council district, see what they're doing uh, and, and, and see how you can support them and how you can be of service uh, to them. Because uh, we're called to to love our city, uh, and so um, that's one way that we can do that. And and so I would say collaborate, reach out to other faith organizations, um, and uh, the the city, county, elected officials, uh, different nonprofit organizations, and and see how your work aligns. Because again, when we collaborate, there's a greater impact. Thank you so much, Stephen. Everyone, thank you for tuning in to the Together LA Listening Tour podcast. Keep an eye out for the work that Faith Collaborative to End Homelessness is uh, going to go. And for those interested in, to be a part of Mentor for Change, um, you can go onto their website, which we will link down below. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Yeah, thank you so much, Eunice. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Together LA Listening Tour. To stay connected, make sure you subscribe to the Together LA channel, rate and review this episode, and make sure to share on your social media platforms. We would love for you to follow along with Together LA on Instagram, Facebook, and our website at www.togetherla.net. See you next time.